as we worship this morning.
Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the Lamb, the roaring lion, hold be still and behold Him, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the
We are all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I like to remind you, friends, that we worship a God who is not only the maker of the universe, who is not only a father, but also took our sin as his own, who is also a friend. He became like us. And we worship a God that is both of these things, that is highest of highs, the worthy of worthies, but he is also the lowest of low, and he became the lowest of low, so he could take our sin. Let's praise a God, let's call God worthy, a God that was the lion and also was the lamb.
Will you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, we have spent this morning um, worshiping you, and we thank you for that gift. Lord, you, you deserve it all. You are such an amazing, loving God. You sustain us every day. Uh, you love us dearly. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of being here together um, as family in Christ, being able to just worship you and exalting you, Lord. And as we transition to uh, the next part of our service, Lord, I pray that you will receive our offering um, for Esperanza, Lord. Uh, this is a, a mission that we love and a mission that we are passionate about joining together to serve, Lord. So we pray that our offering to you will be one um, that pleases you and that the, the ministry of Esperanza will continue to thrive, Lord. Pray that you'll bless this offering and this service ahead. Amen. Am I going to announce Esperanza now? I'm probably going to announce Esperanza first. That's probably a good idea. So, for those of you who know Esperanza, um, you know what it is. It's a mission on Vancouver Island. Um, so, it's one of our long-term mission partners and maybe one of our longest term. This is a ministry located west coast of Vancouver Island in the middle of nowhere. Each summer, we send a team of volunteers to help with these work projects. And during this next song, we invite you to give your offering. Uh, you can give in the collection boxes here on stage um, or electronically. The screen behind me will show different ways to do so. Thank you.
Good morning, New Life. Welcome here. My name is Jake, and I am your host this morning. A uh, special welcome to any guests, uh, any people physically here or online. If this is your first time, uh, a specific welcome to you. We're glad you're here. Our aim is to help you connect uh, in community. So if you're a guest here, we're inviting you to fill out a communication card or a connect card. So if you're here in person, it should be available in the seat uh, in front of you. And if you are sitting near where my kids usually sit, they'll all be scribbled on, so find someone else who has clean ones. Um, if you're online this morning, drop a comment online, and there will be a host, and we will connect with you. Um, if you fill out a physical connect card, bring it to the booth in the foyer, you'll receive a New Life gift bag, which includes a tumbler and a bag of Missions Coffee, which I've heard is very good. Um, so please do that. So I've been blessed to be at this church a long time. I love it here. Uh, when I look out and around see the faces, there's, you know, some of my best friends in life uh, are people that I now am best friends with because New Life forced me into a small group with them 15 years ago. And uh, it's amazing. There's other people, family, friends, uh, people I didn't know and now I'm very connected with. It's a beautiful community here. So we really want you to feel welcome here. And I really want you to, you know, I want to do my part and do these announcements well. So we thought, how are we going to get people to listen during the announcements? And I tried to take a pretty systemic, or systematic approach to it. I thought there's, I don't want to generalize, but there's three main categories. There's kind of the, the boomers and older, um, the silver hair generation here. And we wanted to make sure they are able to pay attention during these announcements. So aside from adjusting the audio levels, um, we, we, I thought, you know what, well, what if I talk in a thick Dutch accent? It will remind them of their youth, and when they went to Kerik as a kid, and they will listen because they respect me. But then I thought, there's a lot of people here who don't come from a Dutch background. We are a community church, and they're going to be confused, and the people who are actually Dutch are going to be offended by how bad my accent is, so we nixed that. Um, then I thought about the next generation, which is like the parents with young kids. I'm in that boat. It doesn't matter what I do. You're just shoving candy and crackers and coloring books at your kids to get them out the door for ch children, children's church. So kind of not saying lost cause, but I'm, I'm not really catering my message to you this morning. And then we thought of the younger generation, the teens. And we thought, Nathan and I had hours of brainstorming sessions of what are we going to do? And we came up with something truly incredible. Uh, we did a, a choreographed TikTok video dance song uh, that was, it's, we took maybe 40 hours this week doing it. I don't know how we wrote a sermon, and it was incredible, maybe too incredible. We watched it and thought, we can't play this. If anyone sees this, Nathan will never be allowed on stage again without some kind of dance or song. When you, when you reach perfection when it comes to performance, you can't go back. So we, we smashed the server that held that video, we deleted it all, it's gone, but you trust me, it was really, really good. So we kind of didn't get anywhere, but I want you to know that I hope you pay attention to these announcements because they're important. Um, moving on. Okay, Columbia trip. You are invited on a mission to Bogota, Colombia to serve with New Life's mission partner, a brand new New Life ministry or JPC, the Spanish initials for Youth for Christ. This, is, this ministry is led by Fernando Trevino. Um, he's been here before, and he's been a long-term partner of New Life Church here. He is looking 
for some renovation, construction work that could be done, maybe provide some English classes, uh, work with community women and assistance to the ministry uh, of youth of that city. So there's a, a big need there. Um, the trip will occur the last week of March this year. So I do believe that's spring break, but there, that will be uh, room 303. So this door at the top, uh, room 303 after the service, there, there will be a, uh, a, a meeting to chat about that. Resolve prayer night. So we're in a sermon series called Resolve in which we challenge ourselves in different areas of our life so we can strengthen our faith journey. This morning, Pastor Nathan's going to be speaking on prayer and developing your prayer life. We want to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So you're invited to join a night of prayer on Thursday, January 26th at 7.30 p.m. So this Thursday, 7.30 p.m., this is a joint ministry event with New Life Youth who will, be who will participate in leading the prayer meeting, which is really cool. Um, so every Sunday we have fellowship time, and this t serves as two purposes. One is to meet the community around them, extend the peace of Christ, connect with people. And the other one is to allow kids to get to kids' church and parents to get them down there without missing the service. So uh, parents, you can bring your three- to five-year-old children to Little Lights, uh, and kids grade one to five can go downstairs for kids' church using the door to my right, your left over there. So we're now going to start a three-minute fellowship time. If you're not sure what to chat about, please, first of all, if you see someone you don't know, seek them out. Say hi. Find a new face. Um, it's always encouraged and appreciated. Um, and if, you've, if you don't know what to talk about, ask someone, which country, if you've traveled outside of this country, has been the most spectacular place? And if, if you haven't traveled much, or you want to ask a different question, which country do you want to travel to? If you can go anywhere in the world for a week, where would you go? Anyways, thank you for joining us. Have a great Sunday. song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh we live for you, Jesus name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you. Every breath.
Take your seats. Hopefully you discovered a new place to go to in the world. Or maybe it inspired you to come with us on mission to Colombia. Well, welcome again to New Life. So good to be together. This morning, uh, my heart is full, and I think in part it's just uh, the message uh, that I want to convey this morning, but uh, it's just good to be together and to worship our God. Uh, We've sung some powerful words uh, that connect us to God. That's, uh, I don't want us to lose sight of that. So let's let's begin this time uh, in prayer. Let's pray together. Father, so good to be in your presence, to be with you, for you to be with us. Every moment of our days, you are with us. But we confess that a lot of times we forget about it, or we ignore it, or we ignore you. Or we just are distracted by so many other things. And so, Father, pray that by your Spirit you'll focus our minds and our hearts as we hear your word, treasure it, embrace it, listen. Because, Father, we want to be connected to you. We know that that you are always watching over us. And then, no matter what we've brought with us to church this morning, perhaps it's pain, perhaps it's confusion, or grief, or just some struggle, or perhaps joy, perhaps excitement. God, all of it we bring here We place it before you. 
Father, we treasure the time that we have here to be with you. So you can transform all of the stuff of our life into friendship with you. So once again, we commit our lives to you. We listen for your word. Teach us to be obedient to it. Teach us to follow hard with it. Teach us, God, what it means to be children of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in this series called Resolve, and uh, we're taking a look at just different areas in our life that we say, you know what, maybe I need to pay more attention to that. Maybe, maybe there's some work that I need to be doing. So last week, we took a look at how we use our time, and we said, wow, let's remind ourselves that time is a gift, that, that time needs to be used wisely, and that because time is holy, that's why it needs to be used well. And so the challenge before you, uh, before all of us uh, this past week, has been um, consider how you use time, and maybe there's, uh, maybe uh, God brought to your attention uh, ways in which you're just, quite frankly, wasting time, and, um, and to work at changing that. This morning, we want to take a look at prayer. I, I, over the years uh, of ministry, I've had numerous conversations uh, about prayer, about people's prayer life, and uh, the general consensus, I would say, is that most of us would want to admit that our prayer life isn't as good as it ought to be. And, and that's a confession we need to make, perhaps, although it need not be a huge embarrassment, because, quite frankly, prayer is hard. It's hard. And so uh, there's so many obstacles that get in the way of a healthy prayer life. I want to pay attention to some of these obstacles, and um, perhaps they're just as much mine as, uh, as anything else. But I suspect uh, you'll be able to relate to them. Things like, yeah, I know I need a healthy prayer life, but... Most of the time, I just don't feel like it. Or, or maybe we, we think we just don't know how to pray. Just, I, I wish it would just come easier. And maybe, maybe we don't believe in the power of prayer. We wonder, we wonder if, if we can really trust prayer or... Or another obstacle is, is just struggling with that sense that does prayer work? So well, I, want us, I want us to take a look at, at some of those things to help nurture us in our prayer life and then invite you to uh, a prayer night, uh, as Jake mentioned, um, on Thursday night.
I'm going to gather here and, and just spend some time in prayer. Not because that's going to define our prayer life, but, but maybe it's just a bit of inspiration and just a, a bit of nudging to say, remember? Remember what we talked about on Sunday? Keep on going. And so that will be our challenge uh, for this week uh, in this Resolve series. As I said, one of the obstacles is, is <clears throat> a lot of times we just don't feel like praying. And then, and then we need to make prayer our focus in life. I, I, I wonder what it was like for the disciples. Jesus had disciples, people that followed him closely. They, they were training under Jesus. And they would follow him. I wonder what it was like for them to observe Jesus' prayer life. It must have been impressive. Listen, Luke chapter 11 makes this observance. Uh, of One day, Luke chapter 11, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So that's John the Baptist. John the Baptist had followers as well, disciples that followed John as John went around his ministry of baptizing people. And uh, John later on admits that uh, I must become less, Jesus becomes greater. And then, uh, and, so, and so the disciples uh, of Jesus had saw that, uh, man, those disciples of John, they, they knew how to pray. And so the disciples of Jesus They saw Jesus praying. He said, teach us to pray. And so Jesus said to them, when you pray, say this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Then give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Pretty simple. But beautifully connected to God. You've got to notice in this prayer the intimacy with which Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, our Abba, our dad. And then all of the dependence on God. Seeing Jesus pray must have been an inspiration to pray and to develop one's own prayer life for that kind of intimacy. And yet I can imagine the disciples saying, man, I wish I could pray like Jesus, but most of the time I just don't feel like it. I wonder why. Maybe, maybe we don't feel like praying because we're too distracted. Prayer is not our focus. We're distracted with so many other things. 
All of our busyness of just trying to get ahead in life distracts us. Jesus had focus. His focus was obedience to his Father in heaven. And he knew he needed to stay connected to his Father in prayer. Maybe we don't feel like praying because we're so distracted or with, with all of our busyness and all of the things we think we need to get done. Or, or maybe, maybe we don't feel like praying because we think we're, we're fine just on our own. And most of the time, see, and here's the kicker, most of the time we are. Most of the time we think we are fine on our own because we have everything we need with people around us. So we think we're on our own. Jesus, the divine son of God, who had power to do anything, to call forth anything, to do spectacular things, to do amazing miracles, Jesus, was totally dependent on his father. Willing to listen, always attentive, with a distinct focus to his father in heaven, even when it meant listening to instructions that he didn't want to hear. Maybe we don't feel like praying because we think we are on our own. Or maybe we don't feel like praying because we just don't commit. One of the problems in our prayer life is we don't bother to develop a habit because we think, wow, if it's just a habit, then it doesn't mean anything. Then it's probably not authentic. Well... Quite frankly, it's the way we work. It's the way we're made. If you want a healthy prayer life, you're probably going to have to develop some kind of habit. It's It's the way that we can maintain focus on listening to the Father. So make prayer about your focus in life. Make prayer, yes, even a habit. To say, no, I have to do this, even if I don't feel like it, because it's part of who I am in relation to my God, my Father in heaven. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't develop our prayer life because we think, I, I don't know how to do it. We've, we've got to figure it out. We've got, we've, I, I don't know what the right formula is. I, I hear other people praying and, man, they're so eloquent and they say the right words. And, man, I, 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 I'm not a talker. I, I, I don't know how to do this. 
I think one of the issues in, in building a prayer life is, is we've got to go get over the fact that just because we assume that we're Christians, we'll know how to pray. That's just not true. So here's the thing. Learn to pray. Learn it. The disciples came to Jesus. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. You think once Jesus recited this, what's known as the Lord's Prayer, you think once Jesus recited David, oh, get it. No. See, the disciples asked to be taught to pray. Sometimes I think we approach prayer in the same way that we watch somebody maybe play piano or something, and we go, oh, I wish I could play like that. But we've never bothered to actually play or practice. <laughs> I remember when I started picking up golf, I would watch people play golf and be like, oh, I wish I could play like that. And then it just got too expensive to keep on practicing. But prayer, prayer requires, requires of you to, to learn to pray, to practice prayer, which conversely then means that you've got to be patient with yourself. You've got to show yourself some grace. Sometimes we think a good prayer life comes automatically, but it doesn't. Prayer, prayer isn't something that, that you need to have the right technique and the right formula in order for it to work. Prayer is more about establishing relationship than it is about how you talk or the kinds of words you use. It's about relationship. That's that's reflected in the, in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. The key thing out of the Lord's prayer is develop your relationship with God. Know who you are in relation to God. Know who God is in relation to you. Know that it is God who provides for you. Know that it is God who gives you your daily bread. Know that it is God who forgives your sins so that you can have a relationship with him. So instead of in eloquence in prayer, Think of developing your relationship with God in your prayer life. Again, quite frankly, it comes down to focus. What do you want your life to be about? Do you want to, do you want to be content simply with the satisfaction of all the things you've done or acquired? Or do you want that sense of contentment to say, I know who my God is. So, for example, instead of coming to God with all your stuff, right? We, we all often get caught up with that, right? It's like, oh, I got to sit down and pray. 
And then we're like, well, what do I need to pray about? And gather up all of our stuff, and we're worried about whether we missed something. Maybe instead of coming to God with all your stuff, come to God empty-handed. Try that this week. To just set aside five minutes and just come to God empty. Just say, God, I'm here. Here's where I am. I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to wait on God. That'd be a pretty significant challenge. To learn to, to meditate. It's hard. Hard for us to be silent. You're probably going to be quick to put your ear, ear, earbuds in or listen to some music and, and just come to God empty-handed. Bible reading is another good way to develop your prayer life and to let the reading of your scripture just be your prayer. Reading the Psalms is great for that. I, I do a psalm a day. And then uh, sometimes I just keep that psalm for like three days of the week. and Just keep praying it. Repetition's a wonderful thing. You catch things that Yesterday you read it, but you didn't catch it. Today it just it's awakened in you. And, and you let that nurture your prayer life. Or maybe just simply repeat a phrase. I mean, prayer life is developed in some sense simply, just like a relationship develops, and sometimes there it is. And so maybe, maybe in the middle of, of some frustration or in situations that are out of your control, you just repeat the phrase, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And you let God control that situation. Or maybe in the midst of crisis where you're just f- afraid and you repeat the phrase, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. And you let God's love just pour over you. It doesn't have to be complicated, but you have to nurture that practice. See, we, I, I think our general impression about prayer, when we talk about prayer, we think about getting something from God. Prayer is less about getting from God and more about exercising the muscle of your faith in God. So pray not to impress God. You don't need to impress him. You don't need to impress anybody else, quite frankly. You simply need to express your desire to be with God. So in Matthew's account, so we're looking at Luke's account, but... Matthew's account, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew has this same scenario where the disciples want to learn to pray, and so Jesus offers the Lord's Prayer. But then then Jesus also instructs them with these words. He says, And when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. 
See, the point isn't that you can never pray in public, of course. The point is that the motivation of your prayer, the motivation of of your prayer life is not to impress God. It's to exercise faith to build relationships. So learn to pray. Sometimes we doubt the power of prayer. We go, really, is it worth it? What really happens? So so what's required in nurturing our prayer life is to believe in prayer. And that's easier said than done. Because in an age of self-help, This is a real obstacle. All around us, the impression is that, wow, yeah, you could pray, but prayer is just really a matter of sorting things out in your own mind. But press on and keep doing it because, you know, then, you know, it'll develop into something out of your own head. So the struggle to believe in prayer, to believe in the power of prayer. That's, I think the first step is simply to face that struggle. I mean, listen to these words. After Jesus teaches them uh, the Lord's Prayer, gives them a parable of what it means to be in relationship and how much more God desires to provide for you and to bless you and and to be in relationship to you. And then he says this. So I say to you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Does that happen every time in your life? doesn't in mine. Makes it hard to believe. I've had conversations with people who've rejected Christianity because of these two verses. They prayed. They prayed hard. And nothing happened. The struggle to believe in the power of prayer is... It's not not a struggle to believe that prayer works so much as it's the struggle to believe and to trust in God. Which, Which in fact is different than just plain unbelief or unfaith. So what I'm saying is embrace that struggle. Embrace that struggle to believe in prayer. It's hard. But faith is hard. Like faith, our prayers are born from human reality. But then trust also that they are also born from the Spirit of God. 
So that later on in the book of Romans, Paul says, pray. And when you pray, sometimes all you can do is groan. But the Spirit of God translates that into prayers to our Father. That's embracing that struggle to believe. So let yourself struggle with the questions. Go ahead and wrestle. That's, that's, why, that's the importance of corporate prayer as well. Because it draws us together and says, it doesn't matter whether you believe and, and feel confident in the power of prayer. But when we're together and we pray, we wrestle together. We cur- encourage one another. So I challenge you to come out on Thursday night. and We'll help each other in the middle of that struggle. A, a struggle very much related to that is, is, is a phrase I, I often hear, and, and that is that prayer works. Or, when people challenge it, does prayer work? Quite frankly, I think it's the wrong question. I wonder what it was like to hear Jesus pray. The intensity of the prayer, the the obvious connection that he would have had with the Father. I, I don't think Jesus ever wondered whether prayer works. In developing our prayer life, If we're asking the question, I wonder if this works, it becomes an obstacle because maybe we don't see anything happening or maybe nothing's being accomplished. We pray for something and it doesn't happen or it doesn't materialize. And then... We're forced to say, ah, what's the use? Or we imagine people around us scoffing, going, what do they think they're doing? See, prayer isn't a matter of whether it works or not. Prayer is a matter of nurturing your relationship with God. Therein lies the power of prayer. To be connected to the God of the universe. The God who holds this planet in his hand. The God who controls every detail of your life. To be connected to that God. That is the power of prayer. So instead of prayer as a tool to get by in life, let prayer become the instrument of your friendship with God. Because friendship with God will overwhelm you. To be a friend of God, to be a child of God, to be able to say, my dad in heaven, my father 
So instead of, instead of prayer as magic that works, prayer is a relationship that strengthens love and devotion and commits you to focus. I mean, look at it this way. What do you need more than, Lord, give me a good day today? What you need more is, is forgiveness. What you need more is God's mercy. What you need more is God's love in your life. What do you need more than, Lord, give me a passing grade on the next exam? What you need more of is the wind of the Spirit to revive you and to inspire you so that no matter what happens, you're focused on obedience to your Father in heaven. What do you need more than, Lord, give me a, give me, uh, keep me safe. Give me safe passage. What you need more of is freedom from the prison of fear. What you need more of is freedom from hatred. What you need more of is freedom from judgmentalism. What you need is is connection to the Spirit of God to transform you. What do you need more than, Lord, help me get along with so-and-so? You need friendship. With God. I want us to sing our closing prayer together. So I'm going to invite the band up and we're going to sing our, our closing prayer. Because here's the thing George Buttrick, the preacher of days gone by, wrote a lot about prayer. He said this. He said, we need that clear testimony of the Spirit. We need the brooding and the breathing of another world. We need the known presence of the ideal companion. And then he said, Jesus said we could gain that through prayer. You don't want to give that up. You don't want to give up. On that, on that relationship with your Father in heaven. Instead of making prayer something you do, simply doing it, concentrate on the relationship with God that you desire. Instead of prayer as magic that gets you what you want, make it the invitation. For God to fill your life. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Please stand.
así. Just lay your hands in your lap. Open your hands. I just want us to spend some time coming empty before God. So just in silent prayer. You don't have to bring anything to God. Maybe there is stuff that you need to bring to God. Let's just spend some time in silence. God, embrace us. Take a deep breath, breathe in the Spirit of God. Father in heaven, gracious God, thank you. Thank you that you draw us into yourself. Thank you that you pay attention to us, to each one of us. You know us, God. You know us better than we know ourselves. Thank you. Thank you that you've created all that there is. Thank you that you've created us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his life, for his death, for his resurrection. Thank you that through him you forgive us. You make us right with you. So that now you call us your children. Thank you that we are friends with you. Thank you, God, for the hope of your coming again so that we can be with you forever. Today, tomorrow, and in the days ahead, Help us to nurture that treasure as we pray to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Prayer is one way in which we commune with God, but Jesus has given us a very special gift 
of communing with God through the Lord's Supper. And so at this time, we're going to join together in celebrating the Lord's Supper. Kids are going to join us. Welcome to this celebration of the Lord's Supper. When you entered into the auditorium, while the rest of the congregation in the auditorium uh, is taking part of the elements uh, in this celebration, I invite uh, you to uh, gather your bread uh, and your juice. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the people around you. There's instructions there on on how to take take the bread. um, That cup. Someone, uh, and as you eat to it, me, if remember you, if and you, believe uh, that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given very thin for the forgiveness film. of all your Don't sins. Don't pull back the tab immediately. Just go to the side of the cup and that film will lift. And you can grab a hold of that film, take off uh, the top film, grab the wafer. And then take the juice. Then pull the tab. Uh, Jesus poured out his blood. So... So that you could have life and life forevermore. Once again, uh, so take it, drink this juice, remember and believe that Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and you desire by the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life obedient to the Father, then. Let's come together, celebrate this very special communion, and give praise to our God. For those of you online, we hope that you join us, that you've gathered a bit of bread and some juice or something, and uh, you'll just be able to participate along with us as uh, as we proceed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. God invites us to join him in that contentment as we take in Jesus as we take him into ourselves so that we become more like him. And so, on the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again to take us to himself.
Let's pray together that God will use this time, this celebration of the supper to transform us by his powerful love into children of God, obedient to the Father. Let's pray. God, as we take this tiny little wafer, this tiny bit of juice, God, make it for us the the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that we take in and that transforms us as children of the heavenly father. God, by the power of your spirit, may we go from this place rejoicing because we are yours. We belong to you. You have made it so by the sacrifice of your son. God, reveal to us your amazing love and teach us what it means to be in communion with you day by day, moment by moment, and teach us day by day to give you all the praise and all the glory. And in the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. And so take, take the cup. From the side, just pull up that, that film. Pull it back. And take the wafer. The body of Christ given for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Take it. Eat it. Remember and believe. That's how much Jesus loves you. Jesus poured out his blood. And in doing so, forgave us of all our sin. Restored all that was broken. And redeemed all of creation. So take this cup. Drink it. Remember and believe that you are a child of God, enter into his joy. It's a solemn moment to take in Jesus Christ And to let him be our life. And when that happens, we can rejoice. We are free. We can exalt 
our God in heaven and rejoice in the midst of everything else that's going on in our own lives and in our world. We can rejoice. And so along with the psalmist, we say, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion. I invite you to stand as we close off this service in praise to our God.
go out rejoicing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and always. Amen. Amen.